0: Oh, as John said, uh, we are beginning a new series, a six-week series, where we are looking at some very unusual suspects, the 11 disciples. And um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Happy July 4th to you all. Um, Wanted to uh, kind of get this whole thing kick-started with with a disciple who we thought um, would be a good start to the series and also kind of embodied uh, this July 4th holiday weekend. And so Uh, what I wanted to select was Peter because he's kind of, in a sense, like the all-American disciple. You know? He's this, he, first of all, he's the, he's the most, oh, there we go, yeah. Um, Um, so there, there's Peter, uh, wearing his fishing hat. Um, but he's the most mentioned of all the disciples in the Gospels uh, by far. And, you know, as if, if you've been around church at all or you've heard uh, sermons about the disciples, you know that he was the boldest disciple. He was the most outspoken. He was kind of a man's man. He was like an alpha male. In fact, Jesus uh, referred to him as the Rock. Uh, his, his given name was Simon, and uh, Jesus called him Peter. And Peter meant Rock. And so here is this guy Uh, who is just kind of the embodiment of what I think this is a a great holiday weekend. And we're we're taking a look at at Peter. And uh, the other thing we know about Peter is he was the leader of the disciples. We see in Matthew 10, 2, it lists out, all the Gospels list out the the 12 disciples. But in Matthew, uh, it lists them out, and and they're, they're always in a certain order. It says, these are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and then it goes on and lists the other ones. What's interesting about that word first there, uh, first doesn't just kind of refer to just basic order, but first is the Greek word protos. And the Greek word protos actually refers, it's, it's like a term of influence. So what that word protos means is chief or leader. And so what we learn from the Gospels is that Peter was the leader. Okay? He was the one that Jesus chose to be the leader of the disciples, and ultimately to be the leader of the church after Jesus was dead and resurrected and he was gone. Now, what hit me this week as I was studying Peter, okay, and thinking, and you probably have your own things that you remember about Peter, okay, but what hit me was why in the world did Jesus choose Peter of all the disciples? Why did he pick Peter to be the leader? Because, you see, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have chosen peter to be the leader of the disciples that's just not the guy that i would have chosen i like a leader who is steady who is consistent who you know makes few mistakes who kind of is is wise and really thinks through his actions before he does them you know what i'm saying that's not who that's not who peter was at all um you know peter's famous for a lot of things what would you say that he's probably arguably most famous for if we think about one thing one story that captures peter more than anything else what would you say it is walking on water the, yeah i'm hearing a lot of the, the denying jesus three times that's probably arguably the thing that he is most famous for you know here's jesus and it's the night bef- the night he's going to be arrested and he's talking about what's going to happen and, G- and and peter stands up and he makes this bold claim if everyone else we talked about this a little bit last week if everybody else falls away jesus i never will and then here he is denying jesus three times there's also another story that you've probably heard uh, where it comes to the point in jesus ministry he's got his disciples and he's starting to break some news to them and we see it in matthew chapter 16 but what jesus is doing is he's like guys all these miracles all this stuff i've been doing this just really cool i got to tell you what this is all about and he starts to reveal god's plan for the salvation and redemption of the world How how this is all going to come about. And he sits down with his disciples and he says, listen, guys, this is what has to happen. I am actually going to have to be killed. I'm going to die on a cross. But don't worry, because three days later, I'm going to be raised from the dead. And that's how this whole thing is going to work. Here's Peter. Look at his visceral reaction to, to what Jesus says. Jesus has just kind of revealed, here's what's going to happen to me. And it says in verses 22 and 23, Matthew chapter 16, it says, Peter took him aside, meaning Jesus. He took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. He begins to rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. So before Peter can process what's going on, before he can really think this through, take a second, just boom, he is just in Jesus' face. This is never going to happen to you, Lord. And look at how Jesus responds. It says, Jesus turns and says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, I don't know if any of you have been called Satan, but I don't imagine it's a very pleasant experience if you have been called Satan. I mean, so this is, this is as strong as it possibly gets. He says, you're a stumbling block to me, Peter. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Now, I just don't know if that is the stuff of leadership. I don't know if, if that's the leader that I would have picked if I had been... In Jesus' shoes. And you might say that's, that's kind of a bold thing to say, Derek, but that's just kind of how I was reading the text. Um, one last story that, that, that always hits me when I think about Peter is um, you remember they're in the garden, the disciples and Jesus are in the garden of Gethsemane. It's right as uh, Jesus is about to, to get arrested. And Judas has gone out and he has met with the chief priests. And there is this huge crowd. Scriptures say there's this huge crowd, armed crowd, armed with swords and clubs. And they come out to capture Jesus. And so they get to Jesus in the garden, Judas leads them there, and they grab Jesus, okay? they capture him, and what does Peter do? Peter whips out a sword, it says, and he cuts off one of the guy's ears. Now, the only way that I can imagine, because you think about Peter, because he's a hard-charging, bold kind of guy, I imagine he whips out a sword. Can you stand up for a second? What's 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 your name? What's your name? John, right? Yes. Okay. I imagine he just he just whips out a sword and just goes to cut his head off, and and here, watch 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 what happens. He ducks. The guy ducks. Duck your head a little bit. And and he just clips his ear. You see, he just whoa, just just gets. Oh, thanks. You've done great. The guy came back. No, the guy didn't. The not The guy didn't come back actually, but he just whoosh, just takes the swing at the guy's head, tries to cut his head off. That's I don't know. You might read the story differently, but that's that's how I read it. Just. Just a visceral reaction. He sees something happening to Jesus, and he just takes a swing, chops this guy's ear off. Now, we hear this story, then, of course, what happens next that's so just so cool? You guys remember the story? What does Jesus do? Yeah, Jesus bends down. He, like, stops everything, right? He bends down, picks the guy's ear up, and he, and he miraculously heals the guy. And we kind of say, oh, man. What we remember about the story is, like, man, that was so awesome. Like, Jesus is so great, right? Well, what hits me, think about this for a second, Okay? There was a, the Bible says there was a huge crowd all armed, okay? Peter just took and tried to hack one of these guys' heads off, okay? The way it strikes me, okay, is Peter just put in jeopardy the the whole, all the disciples and Jesus right there. I mean, that could have been a total bloodbath if Jesus hadn't been there to just kind of restore order, okay? Again, I don't know that Peter is the guy that I would have picked, the leader that I would have wanted in that situation. So the question that I was wrestling with all week, and maybe you'll wrestle along with me, is, so why did Jesus pick Peter? What was it about Peter that made Jesus say, you know, this is the guy, he's going to be the leader, not just for the three years that that he was with Jesus, but, but then once they continued on without Jesus. Why, why did Jesus pick Peter? and as I was reading through uh, all the different things about Peter, two things that Peter did kind of rose to the top were two fantastic things that really enabled God to use him in a huge way. I think these were the two main reasons that peter that Peter was chosen by Jesus, and I think all of us here who we're all trying to be disciples, right I mean for one, one reason or another, we are here because we Think that Jesus, either we think Jesus was the Son of God and we've given our lives over to serve him, or we are intrigued by Jesus and we're we're into his teachings and we're trying to follow him. We're all at some level of trying to follow Christ. So in some way, we're all a disciple here this morning. And I think there are there are two things we see in Peter that we can try and, and think about ourselves and apply to our own lives that will help us in our journey with Christ. And so the two things, the first one that Peter did that I think we also can do is ask questions. Ask questions. Over and over and over again in the scriptures, what we see is Peter in question mode, in curious mode. He's always trying to learn. Matthew 15, 15, Peter comes to Jesus and he says, explain the parable to us. So you guys know that Jesus was always talking in parables. He was always uh, using stories to, to illustrate different points. And oftentimes, it wasn't totally intuitive what the point was of the story. I mean, Jesus is very deep in some of these parables. And so, Peter consistently is the one who's coming to Jesus and he's saying, Hey, Jesus, I don't understand this. Can you, can you tell us what this means? Look at Matthew 18, 21. It says, Peter came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me so here jesus had been teaching all about forgiveness and here's peter going to jesus and once again he's asking he's seeking clarification he's trying to say okay how many times you guys remember he says seven times and what does jesus respond 70 times seven right but the point is here's peter asking questions seeking clarification what makes peter a great leader and you guys know this about leaders. Leaders are learners. Okay? Great leaders never stop learning. Peter was, was curious. He was always probing, trying to gather more information. That's the stuff that great leaders have to do. I'll give you one more. Matthew nineteen twenty seven. 27. Uh, again, Peter's talking to Jesus, and uh, this is this is this is just right up Peter's alley. Very bold. Uh, he's talking to Jesus. He says, "Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us?" Now, you might look at this and say, "This is a pretty selfish, self-centered type of question." But I think this is beautiful. Uh, this is uh, this is just a real honest question where he is so comfortable with jesus that he can come to jesus and just be just right out there and just say jesus you know come on i mean seriously can you can you help us out a little bit i mean this is tough what's in it for me i think sometimes we 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 think we could never ask that question that is so selfish i mean it's it's about god and about other people and how could you ever ask you know god what's in it for me i think that that is a fair and a real question and if you look at the psalms a lot of the psalms you see real just this kind of a dialogue with god and what i want to encourage you is to just ask questions in your journey i think asking questions things you don't understand about the bible things you don't understand about god uh, take those things up with god just start asking god questions um i hope and pray that grace community church uh, is a place where you feel comfortable to ask questions um Everyone uh, in leadership here at Grace works very, very hard to try and create a culture where it's okay to say that you have doubts. It's okay to, to kind of be wrestling with stuff, and it's okay to ask questions. And what I want to give you just a, a practical avenue to be able to do that, because you know I'm not gonna, just going like to let you shoot your hand up and just do like a Q&A time right now, because we don't really have time for that, but a great place practical place that you can ask those kind of questions, you can dive into the Bible and you can start to wrestle a little bit in community, is we have something here at Grace called community groups. We talk about them quite a bit. And community groups are a great place where you can kind of jump into the Bible and you can wrestle with it a little bit and you, and you can be in a safe place where you can feel free to ask any question you want and just kind of do some wrestling and exploring. So uh, because we're starting a new series, we actually are kicking off um, a new community group it's going to be Wednesday nights at 7.30 in Boston. And if you're interested in that, I'll be in the back after the service. You can just see me back there. We're going to be kind of loosely following this usual suspects thing. It's a six-week study. We're going to be trekking through the Gospel of Mark. So if you're interested in that, uh, please see me after the service. A great place to ask questions. And asking questions was just a, a great thing that Peter did. I think we could all uh, do well by following his lead there. Okay. Second thing that Peter did that I think we also can do as Jesus' followers is take initiative. Take initiative. You know, um, we can say a lot of negative stuff about Peter. We can can point at some of the things that Peter did, and we can kind of pick him apart a little bit. But the one thing that you can never say about Peter, okay, the one critique that you can never have, you can't say that he was the guy who kind of stood around and waited for something to happen, right? You can never say that about Peter. Peter was always the first one. He was never, it was never about, okay, let's figure out what the plan is. He was, he was already gone. He was already gone. He was always willing to take the initiative. You know, um, I, I gave uh, Peter a lot of grief about that whole uh, chopping off the guy's ear in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, um, you know, again, it's not the way that, that I would have done it. But if you think about it, um, here is Peter... And Jesus has just been captured. And so Peter does what what he's just kind of wired to do. He picks up his sword and he, he sees the guy that he loves and he's been following for the last three years and he's trying to protect him. Now, again, I wouldn't have done it that way, but you've got to give Peter some credit for doing something, for taking some initiative. I think God uses that kind of stuff. So often, what I think God is really looking for in us God's, God's out here looking for people who are willing to do something, who are willing to move when we feel prompting. Um, Peter, as I said earlier, Peter is probably most remembered for denying Jesus three times, right? In that courtyard of the high priest. But what I didn't realize until just recently, just a couple of weeks ago, this is just was so interesting to me, is that the whole reason that Peter was there is because he was tracking behind Jesus. See, Jesus gets arrested, and it says that everyone scatters. All the disciples scatter at that point, right? Jesus has just been arrested. He's about to be killed. So if you're smart, you're getting as far away from that as possible if you're a disciple. Okay, you're not getting wrangled in. Well, there were only two disciples, Peter, and then it's, we don't have the other one named, but we suspect that it was John. They follow behind, and they're actually tracking, and they're trying to figure out a way to free Jesus, to rescue Jesus. That's the only reason that Peter was even in that courtyard, that he was even able to be in a position to deny Jesus three times. You see, Peter was not a stand around and kind of wait to see what's going to happen kind of guy. When he felt a prompting from God, he went. Anytime that he felt that prompting, he was on the move. Peter was on the move. Now, um, as I was putting this message together this week, uh, there was someone who came to my mind almost instantly as I thought about Peter. And, uh, you know, I would have loved to, to like, bring Peter up here and, and talk. To, it wouldn't have been cool to interview Peter, you know, if we could have him on video or something. They could have got videotape of Peter back when he was alive. But we can't do that, obviously. But I have the next best thing for you guys. If you could please welcome uh, Super Dave, Dave Snee, up to the stage. and grab a seat, man. So um, many of you guys have have seen Dave's face before. Um, Again, when I think about Peter, uh, your face just popped into my mind. If you guys were here last year, uh, you might have heard the story of the the team that was down in Mexico and a crazy set of circumstances, but uh, a van pulls up and and basically steals uh, some backpacks right out of the van of our team, and there's one guy who doesn't wait for an action plan, doesn't, doesn't do anything. I mean, just a modern-day Peter. Dave takes off running through the streets of Mexico chasing down this van while John, Pastor John, is praying to God that he doesn't catch the van. <laughs> um, so uh, he, he, he's been given the name affectionately Super Dave. And, um, yeah, man, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So um, I, mean, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, this just the all that I know about you is is just like a full throttle hundred and ten percent you know let's not talk about it let's just go do it kind of mentality and attitude I'm just curious, has that always been part of your mo like just that that kind of that spirit
1: I'd say that's part of my makeup, yeah,
0: yeah, so just ever since you were a kid, you just pretty much okay that's, that's cool that's cool man um but but as we talked earlier this week you had mentioned that it wasn't necessarily always that way for stuff for god it was always been you've always been hard charging whenever kind of you wanted to or you know got a sense but but when did it kind of turn around and it became something that you would engage 110 for for god stuff
1: you know um it um it comes down to um uh, things in our life change us a little bit and uh, being a parent um uh, and uh, bringing my kids into church and what have you, uh, I wanted them to start off on the right foot. And um, one Sunday, a Sunday like any other Sunday, um, I'm there with my kids ensuring that they're getting the right message. And uh, out of 1,200 people, the sermon and the pastor, he was talking to me. And uh, I, realized I, that, uh, that happens. <laughs> I realized that uh, you know, I needed to make some changes in my life. And, uh redirect some of that passion for the lord Mm.
0: and so at that point that was kind of where you decided you were going to take that full commitment and you were going to use it for god right you make a full commitment to god well
1: you know um whether it's uh, i said about being a father um i don't think uh, i I was a young father and i wasn't a good one but i had a desire to be a good one Mm. and um you know i early in my life i maybe wasn't a good son Uh, to the lord but i made a decision that i was going to try to be a good son and it's really commitment making that commitment in your heart and then stepping out on that
0: yeah yeah and that's stepping out in in terms of what so what quality would you say that that takes
1: uh you just have to go all in Hmm.
0: gotcha gotcha good deal man that's as simple as that (laughs) um well Peter had I imagine all these moments we don't see it in the Gospels there's no kind of follow-up interview with Peter after the fact but I, I can only imagine how many times Peter was going, oh man like why did I do that or you know what I mean like sure. just these moments where he was kicking himself for for reacting so quickly. Can you relate to that at all? I most definitely can. Do you, do you have uh, maybe a story that might that might help to illustrate that?
1: Unfortunately I do.
0: <laughs> Would you like to share it?
1: Sure. <laughs> I uh, had a good friend of mine that uh, we used to uh, get together once a week and uh, have dinner together. And uh, we met at a uh, pub in uh, the Inner Harbor, and it was called the Red Star, and we're in having uh, steaks and just guys' night out. And uh, it was pretty popular, and it filled as uh, the evening drew on. And there were some uh, women that were flight attendants that came in, and we had finished our meal. And we gave them our seats, and we were kind of standing back and talking. And uh, it was one of those places where it's kind of narrow and you can't really get through the crowd. It's difficult. And one of the girls wanted to go to the ladies' room, which was all the way in the back, and uh, it was crowded. And I said, just follow me. So I kind of went through, pushed through the crowd, and she went behind me and went back, and we came back to the seats. When we got back, there was a guy in her seat. And uh, I said, sorry, give me a minute. And I, excuse me, uh, you know, I ate dinner here and I gave this lady my seat. Would you kindly give it back? And uh, he turned and said, I've been sitting here all night and then turned back around, ignored me. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about that for a minute and I said, I don't think you understand. I may have posed that as a question, but I'm telling you that I'd like you to give this woman the seat. Told you I've been sitting here all night. He turned back and ignored me. So I said, Excuse me, moved her back a little bit, and I reached over and I. Well, as I did that, He hit the floor and he wasn't happy. (laughs) And uh, he kind of got up on me a little bit. And I basically said that wouldn't be a good idea. And he said, Well, I'm not going to handle this. Bubba will take care of this. And I said, Well, who's Bubba? Just about then the room went dark. (laughs) He stood up, blocked the sunlight. Thank God for good friends like Jim, who was right behind him. And he, he was a
0: Green Beret, right? He was. Yeah, so.
1: We had bubble cover. We had the
0: makings of a really good throw down here. It,
1: <laughs> it was going to get real interesting real quick.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that, so, uh, so how did that resolve itself? Did you guys get in a fight or? or- no.
1: Fortunately, we were regulars. Uh, you know, we met once a week. They knew us. The doorman uh, asked the other guys to leave, and we continued on with the evening without concern.
0: So she got her seat. She got her seat, mm.
1: however, the next morning, uh, Jim and I met over coffee, and I was still wrestling with the arrogance of this guy and the fact that he sat in a seat and then he wouldn 't give it to her and you know how wrong was he, and it was just awful and uh, Jim informed me that because of the ebb and flow of the crowd, when we came back, uh, we stopped a little bit short of where our stools were. <laughs> The guy had been sitting there all night. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, whoops. So, so here you were, trying to help uh, a woman who'd been working hard and, and was just looking to to sit down and get a bite to eat before going back on shift, and and uh, you thought you were doing the right thing, you know, responding to that prompting, but. Maybe not so much on that. Maybe
1: not. Next time, i will give the girl the seat, though.
0: <laughs> Even if he has been sitting there all night. Um, well, you know, I, I think we've talked, and so, you know, Dave and I, we were having a lot of fun this week, uh, and he was, he's got a million stories, and so uh, I know you could, you could share others, and that's not the point, because uh, w- there's always going to be those kinds of stories where, where it didn't turn out the right way, where just like Peter, you're kind of kicking yourself afterwards and going, man... Maybe that wasn't the best thing.
1: Good intentions don't measure up.
0: But, but on the whole, when you kind of do the assessment, all the times that you've kind of reacted and responded to when you felt like God was prompting you, uh, how would you say, on the whole, it has turned out? How's that gone for you?
1: It's going well. Uh, that's an example of when it didn't. But uh, it's always gone well. Uh, stepping out in faith on what I think is correct, 110%. Even in that situation, it could have gone south, but it really didn't, uh, and uh, it's going well.
0: Yeah, we were talking, and you said that you felt like about nine out of ten times when you get that prompting and you just go, that you know, even if it involves taking a great risk, you feel like it, it turns out because you feel like God, where's God in all that?
1: Great risk, uh, great reward. Uh, you know, uh, unless you invest, you don't get anything back. And uh, you know, I've, uh, I, with me, I found that uh, stepping out uh, has uh, always paid
0: off. Yeah, and you said you felt like God was protecting you. That that when you would react, nine times out of ten, that you felt God right there in the mix, protecting you, and almost kind of bringing you a sense of being closer to God in those times. Always. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome because I think. What, what unites all of us in this room, we come from different backgrounds and experiences, and we have different personality types, but I think we're all here to experience God. And what's interesting is when you feel that prompting and you take a step, uh, that for you, that's really been a part of your experience, right?
1: Most definitely.
0: Um, well, do you have any, any parting shots or any, anything that you didn't feel like you got to say that you, you want to, any advice for, for everyone out here? I know we're not all Peter types out here uh,
1: we're not, um, but um, each of us, you know within myself, uh, you know, I make a decision that I want to make a difference each day, mm. and um, I hope and pray that when those opportunities present themselves that I approach it correctly mm. and but uh, i'm not afraid to uh, to step out either
0: yeah that's pretty powerful man that. that just kind of that prayer that would say God when, when I feel you prompting me let me move let me be ready and uh, it'll all work out yeah that's good stuff hey thanks so much for uh, for being here and for sharing I right, uh, okay. just have to say one thing um, th- and this is just so captures who Dave is so uh, early in the week I just I, I had Dave on my brain I knew that da- Dave needed to be here to share okay so uh, Dave comes into the office uh, for a prayer meeting on, on Tuesday night and, uh, and I say to Dave, um, hey, Dave, are you at church on Sunday? And he says, uh, actually, sorry, I'm out of town. It's, it's uh, my mom's birthday. We're driving to the coast. I'm um, taking her out. I got a whole day planned. And sorry, I'm, I'm not going to be there. But what's up? What do you need? And I said, um, shoot, man, because doing, I'm doing this thing on Peter. And you are Pete. Like, you are so, I need you. You know, like, it's, oh, I'm so, you know, I was just like, and he goes, hold on. Literally. In two minutes, the phone is out. He's on the phone with mom, rearranging plans. Okay, you already dr- you drove early, came back last night, right? right. And uh, and and you're here this morning. And that is just the epitome of what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just, it just, there was no conversation. It was just like, okay, you need, okay, let's go, on the phone. It was, it was unbelievable. So, uh, if you guys could join me in giving Dave uh, a special hand. <clears throat> Thanks very much. So here's kind of how I want to wrap this whole thing up today. Um, Peter was arguably the greatest of the disciples. And it wasn't because, obviously, that he got it right all the time. Because he clearly didn't get it right all the time. But what made Peter so great is that he was absolutely committed and willing to move when he felt a prompting from God. Now, the point of this message, okay, just so you hear me loud and clear, the point of this message, your takeaway from this message should not be, oh, I need to be more like Peter, okay? Because let's just get one thing straight. God wires each of us a certain way, okay? We're not going to be all of a sudden just go from, from being who we are and who God made us and our unique personality to being like Peter or being like Super Dave. Okay, that's, that's not going to happen, and you don't have to worry if, if you don't you know, line up with Peter at all. But here's the point. Okay? We are all on a journey. We're all trying to follow Christ. We're all trying to do a better job of following Jesus Christ and trying to be like him. And I would argue that one of the ways that we can really take a step in our faith, and one of the things we, we can learn tremendous things from Peter, is just being willing to move when you feel that prompting. Last week, John talked about it. He said, "You know, sometimes we can get so encrusted in our routine, in our schedule. We can have our plans, especially if you're a real planner. You're, you know, you just kind of have your plans. Are you in a position, okay? Are you? Do you have the mental framework? Do you have the right attitude to where?" If God all of a sudden prompted you with something, if something came into your mind, if God spoke to you, would you be able to redirect a little bit? Would you be able to take a step? Would you be able to move? That's what I think we can really learn from Peter here. Now, what I want to do is right now, today, I want to give each and every one of you the opportunity to make a move if you feel prompted to this morning. And uh, I'm going to explain what we're going to do. So back in November, as a church, um, if you were here in November, we did a spiritual life survey. And uh, I think about 220 people took it or so. We had about a a 90% response rate on this survey. And if you took it, you definitely remember taking it because it was long. Remember? Amen? It was long. Okay. So uh, we did this survey. And the results came back. And it wasn't just our church that did this survey, but hundreds and hundreds, it might even be thousands, I don't have the final tally, of prevailing churches, of thriving churches around the United States, took this survey. And the data has come back. And what we have found is that there are five main catalysts, hear me on this, five main catalysts for spiritual growth. Okay? Let me say that another way. There are five things that this survey came back with, there's the top five things that you can do to get closer to God. There's five things, top five things you can do to become more like Jesus Christ, okay? So, here is the deal, okay? No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, okay, whether you have been, whether you grew up, whether you were born in the church okay and you never left the church and you have been on fire for Jesus since you were 3 years old and you that's just how you are you've just always been hard charging that way or whether this is your first time ever in a church and this is your first time ever hearing about Jesus you just think Jesus sounds like a cool person and and you'd like to learn more about jesus or whether you're somewhere in between whether you kind of grew up in the church and like me you fell away for a whole bunch of years and you've just kind of come back and you've recommitted your your life to christ wherever you are okay we're all somewhere along the journey okay wherever you are there's one thing we have in common we can all on a scale of one to ten we can all kind of think about in terms of closeness to god where we feel close to god right now okay on a one to ten scale ten being the highest one being the lowest, we can all, in our minds, come up with a number. Think of a number right now, like how close I feel to God right now, today. July 5th, 2009, how close do I feel to God? Is it a four? Is it a seven? Is it a one? Is it a ten? Kind of where, what's that number for you? Okay? No matter where you are in the journey, we all have, we can all put a number on that. How close we feel to God right now. Here's what I want to do i want to give you an opportunity only if you feel prompted if you feel prompted here's what i want to give you the opportunity to do i want to give you the opportunity if you'd like to think about how you might take that number let's say it's a four okay kind of feel like a four on my closeness scale to god to just take it up to a five just take it up one number If you would like to, if you're not quite satisfied with where your number is, maybe you're here and you feel great and you're totally content and everything's rolling along, but maybe you're here and you're like, man, yeah, I wish I could feel a little closer to God. I I need a jump start. I I need to work on some stuff. I need to do something. I would like to feel a little closer to God. If you're feeling that right now, if you feel a little prompting right now, I want to give you the opportunity to do something that we're calling at Grace the next step. And the next step is an opportunity to meet for one hour, have a personalized meeting for one hour, one-on-one meeting with someone on staff here at Grace. And in that time, what we're going to do is kind of find out a little bit about where you are, what's going on in your life, and walk through these five catalysts for spiritual growth, these five things that have come back. All these leading researchers, all the data has come back saying there's these five things that you can do. And we kind of walk through those five things with you and figure out maybe which of those five things you would like to, uh, to explore a little bit that might help you to just kind of bump that number up one level. If you're interested in that, if you feel a prompting right now, okay, here's the beautiful thing, if you're, especially if you're not a Peter type. You can feel the prompting. All you got to do today is just write down on the Connect card your just name and email and, and phone number and just write the next step, okay? You guys know where the Connect card is? It's- it's right here in your bulletin, okay? And it's a little perforated deal. You just tear that thing right out, and um, you can drop it in the red box, or you can hand it to me. Here's the cool thing. If you maybe feel that prompting, but you're like, I don't want to do that right now, well, the meeting may not happen for a week or two weeks, or so you got some time to kind of stall and, and you, know, you know, kind of get ready for it. But if you feel that prompting, again, this isn't necessarily, I'm not saying everyone has to do this, but if that's something that you would like to do, you'd like to go over these five things, Um, and just kind of talk a little bit more. We would love to do that. So uh, I hope you'll think and pray about that. Let's pray together. Lord God, um, you are mysterious, and uh, I don't understand, um, Lord Jesus, fully uh, why you picked Peter. I I definitely wouldn't have picked Peter, but obviously I wasn't there, and and I'm not you. So... um, you know best, but uh, Lord, it's been fun taking a look at Peter and seeing those things that he did that, that uh, this enabled him to be so effective for you, that enabled him to be a great leader, always asking questions, always being curious, gathering information. Uh, Lord, help each of us in this room to, to have a relationship with you where we feel free. To, to talk openly to you where we can we can ask our big questions where we can we can say when we're doubting or we're struggling or where we're not feeling it god because you know us anyway you know what we're thinking anyway so help us to do that with you but also help us all to find community um, ha- lord let this continue to be a place this church and our community groups especially to be places where we can feel safe in asking any question and not being judged or condemned for it lord um help us all no matter if we're nothing like peter in terms of our personality and our makeup uh, but help us lord don't let us miss out on promptings when you whisper to us help us god to be on on our toes, to be willing to take a step, to be a little bit more flexible, to be a little bit more trusting in you that you're going to work this out. God, help us to take that initiative, Lord. If, if there are those who are here this morning who are wanting to 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 kind of kickstart the their relationship with you again, or just to take it up a notch, Lord. I pray you would, you would enable this, this next step thing that we're doing and, and lots of meetings to happen where we can kind of figure out what can we do to just draw a little bit nearer to you. God, thank you for being our loving Father. Thank you for sending your Son to die on a cross so that our sins would be forgiven. And it's in your Son Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.